Welcome, everyone, to the Farm CPA podcast presented by Top Producer. I am Paul Nefer, your host. And today we're going to have a conversation with uh, Jim Rothermick from Iowa Appraisals. We had Jim on, oh, I think about six months ago discussing land values. Uh, but again, uh, you know, certainly with interest rates and inflation and everything else that's been going on, uh, I think I was, was thinking we'd see some dramatic changes in land values, but I think, Jim, so far we really haven't seen too much uh, change. Uh, is that accurate? Or, or Well, first, before we do that, uh, for the listeners out there that haven't heard your background, let's start off with your background and then we'll dive into uh, land values. Sure, sure. No, th- thanks for having me on, Paul. Always glad to visit with you and and highly respect the information you put out as well. And uh, But uh, I, I am the land talker in Iowa. And uh, uh, so what that means is I'm a farm appraiser with Iowa Appraisal. We are a commercial and, and agricultural appraisal firm. And our parent company is BCC Advisors and they are a business valuation litigation support and merger and acquisition uh, company. So. Um, so that that's who I work for. Um, I've been an appraiser since 2006, and I focus on farmland and some livestock facilities, and uh, but mostly farm ground. And and so to uh, uh, what I do is I keep track of all the land auctions in Iowa, and I use this information for doing appraisals. So. Um, for the past, I think, uh, six years, I've kept track of all the land auctions in Iowa, and, and I put out a blog every week that has that information, and, and then every month I have a newsletter that has all the auction results in Iowa, and that's become very popular. And, and this fall, uh, from numerous requests from people um, asking me if I had same type of data for cash rent, um, I went out and found some cash rental data, and some of it is auction, some of it's not, but I, I'm, I've been adding that into my newsletter because people were so in the dark on what where cash rental rates should be at. So so I've, I've included that in, in my information, and people really like it. So um, I'm, now originally from, I'm originally from Missouri. Um, okay. my, I was raised at, near Columbia, Missouri in a little town called Avaz, A-U-X-V-A-S-S-E. And at that time, our, when my dad was alive, we were uh, grain and livestock farmers. And now my brother runs the farm. Now, for the listeners out there that don't get your blog or don't get the newsletter, how, how can they go ahead and get that? Right. Yep. Yep. No, no. Excellent question. Um, it's a, it, my newsletter is free and my blog, everything is free. And you go to www.iowaappraisal.com and you'll follow those links and you can sign up for the monthly newsletter. It comes out the first business day of the month via email. And then the blog comes out uh, every Monday, first thing Monday morning, and it has the previous week's auction results. So, um, and then just a little bit of commentary. I, I uh, you know, the blogs don't have a lot of commentary. The newsletter does have commentary and it's based on what the farm realtors are telling me when I confirm those results. So um, that, and that, and people really like that because I'm just telling, I'm just repeating what I've been told when I retrieve those results, those auction results. And you're also fairly prolific on Twitter. 
Um, at least I get, uh, seems like at least a couple times a week, I get a, a tweet from you showing uh, the auction results. Uh, and it isn't strictly Iowa. It seems like you'll throw in some Missouri or Nebraska once in a while too, it seems like. I do, I do. You know, I'm very active on social media. And uh, so um, Matt, since COVID, there's a lot of auctions online now. So I'll be watching those auctions online. And as soon as I get the results, I'll post them out there on social media, Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook. And uh, that gets a lot of attention from people, especially when there's those uh, prices are bell ringers. That gets a lot of attention, too. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, I put them out there. So if you follow me, it's you know, you'll, you'll get a lot of those results almost just as the auction's over with. And, and your handle almost on all of those is the land talker, correct? Yeah, the land talker on, on everything. You bet. You bet. OK, OK. Well, good. That's a little bit of the background. Now, actually, I, I don't think I mentioned it on this podcast, but maybe another one where uh, I sort of went off at Twitter a little bit because back when I was doing the Midwest crop tour, um, Chris Barron and I were driving out to Columbus, Ohio, and I happened to be tweeting a few photos as we went along, you know, you know describing the crops and so on. And autocorrect somehow changed one of my words to lingerie. So uh, I got a lot of crap from uh, farmers about uh, uh, lingerie uh, farming. So, uh, you know, the, so I've been a little bit more careful to check my autocorrect. But it's even if you are careful, you still have weird words that come through. Yeah, and then sometimes you hit that send button and and uh, that's, and then you got to rewind that stuff. So. Yeah, it, exactly. So well, let's yeah. let's start off. Let's start off. We know that the uh, at least Iowa land market, farmland market in twenty, starting in mid to late twenty, certainly in twenty one and twenty two was very strong. Uh, give us sort of a a recap of where the market has been during those years, and we'll start talking about twenty three. Okay, yeah, absolutely, Paul. Um, the last the last run up in land prices we had was in that 2013, 2014 time period. And that's, you know, the highest the market had gotten at that time, time frame. And, you know, a lot of reasons, you know, high corn prices, you know, and, and uh, low interest rates was driving that market. And Corn prices started going down, so did the land market. And, and that market, I would say, deflated 20 to 25 percent after 2014 into 2015. And then it stayed flat. It was just the flattest thing I ever seen up until October 2020. And that's after COVID. And then we started noticing the changes. When those combines started rolling, and the harvest was better than everybody thought. Um, and there was auctions going on in, in October and November. And, and that's when we started knowing the market was starting to move. And then we got into December and still noticed that market was still moving. And then we got to the end of the year. And, you know, that, that last quarter of 2020, there was a, a significant difference in market conditions than the previous, you know, three to four, three to five years, basically. And uh, so then we started into 2021 and, and that thing just got so hot that 
it was just every week there was a new price record set and it it was it was unbelievable if you was if i wasn't keeping track of it you you wouldn't have believed it it yeah. was moving so fast and so we got through um 2021 and you know i think it was the highest you know in, that increase for for 2021 based on my auction results was 36 and a half percent increase which is just that that is just numbing in market yeah. condition that, that doesn't happen very often that's for sure right right and and so um so i've been like well how long is this party gonna keep going on you know it and it was fun watching those auction results come in. It was just like, wow, this this market is on a just a steamroller. And um, then we got into you know 2022, and same thing. The first six months, that thing was just rocking hard, and just market conditions were still going up. And so about oh April, May, June, that's when the market peaked, and and I did my six month analysis in 2022 and the market was up 15 percent um from in the first six months of that year and so i was uh, you know i'm like i'm not sure how much longer this is going to last we just cannot keep on this the market conditions were just straight up and so as we got into the those latter last half of of uh, 2022 the market did cool off it peaked it peaked and in April to June time frame of 2022, and then it 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 went down just a little bit, and now we're just it's just stable. The, I would I would call the market conditions as they're in equilibrium right now, and it's just a stable market right at this time. Yeah, and, and you know that April time frame is when you really started to see the Fed start to really increase interest rates, you know, fairly rapidly and fairly significantly each time it seemed they met uh, maybe it was maybe it was a little bit before that but w by april we knew hey they're 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 definitely going to increase interest rates that's right that's right we knew that was coming and and that was one thing i was blogging about and, and putting in my newsletter if you're going to buy land you need to get on it get on it because interest rates are going up the fed is telling us they're going up so um so yeah i agree with you paul that that those you know, things started calming down after that, and uh, the market the markets went flat right now. But it's still yeah. a very strong market. I mean, I, I don't want to take away that it's not a good market. It is, it is a historically high market that's that's flat right now. Now, is some of the I guess rumors, and that's not the right word, but some of the things I've heard is a lot of the buyers have been farmers that have had cash. You know, from CFAP and MFP and high crop prices and good yields, they've had that sort of excess cash that was available to buy the land. Is that excess cash starting to disappear? Are you hearing anything like that from any of the real estate agents that you talk to? Well, here, here's what I'm hearing right now from the, the farm realtors when I confirm the results. There's still a lot of cash out here held by farmers. And it's the interest rates aren't having such a big effect right now as the the high input costs are having because this is the most expensive crop they've ever put in. And 
and there's some concern with grain prices and where they're going to go. My farm realtor friend are saying that's having a bigger effect on the land market right now than the interest rates. Um, now I'm not, and and my way of thinking, Paul, is whenever those cash reserves get down to such a level, which is going to happen eventually, then those interest rates, those high interest rates, will start affecting the land market, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, it's a little bit. A little bit like the late 70s and you know i'm just old enough you know, in the late 70s i was actually in high school and then going into college but you know my reading and my knowledge of the 70s is you know you had a lot of farmers that had excess cash built up during 74 75 76 77 which is just as a boom of time as it is now or even more so and so all that excess liquidity that they had went into farmland now part of it was probably more borrowed back then than it was now so that's that's actually going to help now but you know that's a concern if, if we take in working capital and put it all into farmland and now we don't have enough working capital to cover those high input costs you know that's definitely i'm i'm getting a little bit concerned about some of the farmers out there that have done something like that right right yep Yep. And so, um, so, you know, the market's still very strong. You know, if you're thinking of selling in the next year, I, I think, you know, you should get educated on market conditions and, and think about selling right now, because there's a lot of downside to this market, in my opinion. If, you know, some of these things that happen in the world, if, you know, if China quits buying grain, where's it going to be at? I, I don't know. That, that, that would have an effect for sure. Is that northwest part of Iowa still the strongest segment or is uh, let's just sort of go through the segments in in Iowa or even in Nebraska and Missouri that are both strong and maybe not so strong? Well, I tell you what, let's let's do that, Paul. And let me talk. Let's talk about Nebraska first. OK. Um, you know, they had an auction. Oh, it was in in fall of last year. And that farm sold, it was, it was over hundred acres. I think it was 160. I can't tell you for sure, but it sold for like 27,000, uh, maybe 275, $27,500 an acre. And it was just right east of Falls City um, and Falls City is right in the Southeast corner of Nebraska. And it's not very far from the Missouri river. And at that time, that that blowed away anything we had in Iowa. Is you know even in Northwest Iowa, that was the highest price. And and two farmers had gotten in on on that farm, um, and gotten a bidding war, and uh, just run that price up on that farm. And so last month there was another farm. I think it was I think it was another 160 that was very near that farm. It sold for twenty five thousand dollars an acre. So. Um, I, I was just stunned that, that you know, uh, that that was not an anomaly for that 27.5. There, there was another farm that sold very near this other, you know, this farm and it sold for 25,000 an acre. So, um, and that's just a pocket right there east of Fall City, I think. But, but man, that, that is some strong prices for sure. Well, and I know also like in Northeast Kansas, uh, you know, in that White Cloud area that's sort of near the Missouri River, but up on the on the bench a little bit, there's some pretty high land values in that area, too. 
Right, right. Yeah, a lot, a lot of equity, strong equity positions with those farmers in the area. And, you know, right now, um, I, you know, when I confirmed these results with the farm realtors, back when the market was hot and the interest rates were low, I, I'd call them and they'd say, I'd say, who was the buyer? And I, I'm not saying the name, I'm saying, it, was it a farmer buyer? Was it an investor buyer? Yeah. Um, was it an investor buyer with local ties? You know, kind of tell me about that. And there was a lot of them just saying it was an investor buyer. I never seen this guy show up at auction. First time I'd ever met him and he, and he bought a farm. I heard that a lot of times. Lat, you know, late last year and, and uh, or, or, the, or, you know, about a year ago. That That's that's you, you heard that a lot. And so yeah. now when I, when I get these, confirm these results, it's, um, it's just local farmer and, and they just want to own more land and, and, and they had the cash position to buy that farm. So. Yeah. I think a lot of those investors that came in early, maybe early last year, were looking at land as being a good hedge against inflation, but now, Hey, I can go to the bank and get four or 5% on my money and that's pretty risk-free. So maybe I'll put my money there instead of in farmland. Yeah. Yeah. And so it doesn't seem like I'm hearing as much about those guys and the prices probably got so high that, um, you know, the farmers are really just driving the market right now. In my okay. opinion. So, so that's, that's Nebraska. How about Missouri? And then we'll talk about Iowa. Um, Missouri. You know, I'm from down there in central Missouri and um, back when I grew up there in the 70s and 80s, that area was so dry, we couldn't raise corn. We had to raise Milo. And the only people that raised corn and they had center pivots and, and they could get by with raising corn. And um, last year, there were several farms in that area that sold for $14,000 an acre. Um, and it was unbelievable for, for that type of land to sell that high. And uh, this week, there was a farm auction in Randolph County, uh, Missouri, which is uh, uh, Moberly is is, uh, is the uh, county seat there. They had a farm sell there this week for $12,300 an acre. And it seems like that market's running around the, um, the, the high quality lands running around 12000 to thirteen thousand dollars an acre, so um, very, very strong down there. Very strong prices. Okay. And uh, you know now they can raise corn down there on that land. That they, they get the weather pattern has changed. They can raise corn in that area and then not have to have a pivot. So that has helped. Um, one thing, uh, uh, taxes are low there in Missouri, so uh, so there's some good buying opportunities down there and and uh, but but those prices are very strong down there very strong i i resemble that remark where you say taxes are very low because my uh, my missouri ground uh down in southwest missouri yeah the taxes are not much i mean it's it's very little compared to either nebraska or iowa that's for sure right like five bucks an acre or something like that isn't it Paul? or less or less well, that's so, right yeah, right yeah, yeah, yep yeah yeah mine's at about three bucks an acre now three bucks I don't know, maybe, maybe the county's going to fix that at some point but that's where it is right now so uh, so that's missouri now in iowa for the listeners out there that maybe aren't from iowa uh, sort of go through some of the regions and and how 
pricing might be different in it because I think a lot of people view Iowa as just being one big farm area and the pricing is all the same, but that's not the reality. Right, sure, sure, sure. Well, based on my auction auction data, um, you know, statewide, um, I got to pull them up my right ear. Uh, let's see. So, so based on my auction data statewide, um, at the end of the year of, of 2022, um, the average price for land, tillable land was $13,181 an acre. And that's based on a average, a weighted average CSR2 of 77.2. And that calculates out to $171 a point per ton on tillable. Um, CSR2. So that that's the average. Um, the the area that we get the highest prices is Northwest Iowa, and that's where we get those twenty thousand dollar an acre sales, just one right after another every week almost. And uh, uh, and then and then there's there's farms that'll sell up there for twenty five thousand dollars an acre in. Um, the farmers are driving that market there, and the reason why it's so high there is they have some really good um, corn markets up there. Um, they feed a lot of hogs, they feed a lot of cattle, they they have dairy. I, I think they have even a lot of poultry up there, and then they also make a lot of ethanol. And so there's just huge demand for corn up there. I, I would not be surprised if it's a corn deficit area. So um, that drive. It, drives that those land prices and um, that that land is held very tightly. And so when something comes up for sale, um, there's a bidding war going on at, at that time. So, um, you know, looking at my auction data, um, you know, the top prices um, in Iowa come, come out of Northwest Iowa. And, uh, um, so so that's our strongest market i would say you know the next one would be east central iowa and maybe even northeast iowa and and we might not see those 25 or you know well there was a thirty thousand dollar acre sale there in northwest iowa last year that's the highest that i know of here in iowa but but like in northeast iowa and east central iowa they don't have those high csr2 ratings but the dollars per when they sell those farms, the dollars per CSR two point are as high, if not higher, in Northwest Iowa. Yeah, and they can take those rolling hills over there and raise a lot of corn. And what they do is just put a lot of cattle manure out there on those hills. And man, can they raise corn on it? So, and there again, it's tightly held land. And when something comes up for sale, Katie bar the door because they the dollars will be showing up for it. So. Um, you know, a lot of people talk about how frugal Dutchmen are, um, you know, they're ultra conservative. When you get in a Dutch area and a farm comes up for sale, well, they'll let go of those dollars, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think a joke I heard, and I'm apologizing to the Dutch farmers out there, is I think the joke I heard was, what's the most dangerous place to be? 
and it's between two Dutch farmers at a land auction. So there you go. That's that's. Uh, so again, I apologize, but that's a joke I heard. That wasn't a joke I I came up with. So <laughs> right, right, right. No, they'll they'll let those dollars fly on those yeah. on those auctions. So. And since I'm half German and half Norwegian, I'm 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 almost Dutch anyway. So I I I, I think I'm about as close as you can be without being Dutch. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, right, right. What? So, so you know, and and you know, probably the weakest areas is, is in southern Iowa, and but one thing I'd like to point out is, you know, there's a lot of recreational land in southern Iowa that sells uh, just really good, and and it's not unusual to see a a farm that's a hundred percent woods. I, I don't want to say farm; it's a track of land that has no income that'll bring five to six thousand dollars an acre. Yeah, um, just just unbelievable and 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 those type of buyers are from probably from out of the area and also have strong cash positions and 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 want to own Iowa land yeah because they're not making any more of it Jim that that's right that's right there's only a certain amount and uh, so so absolutely okay well um I think what we'll do right now, Jim, is we'll just take a quick break uh, for a sponsor message and we'll come back and talk about cash rents. Hey, I like that. How many years away is the long run for a farmer? Five years? Ten years? Top producers like Hans Reinchi, a blue diamond farming company in Jessup, Iowa, know RoboAgger Finance shares his enduring vision for the future. Whether it's building our grain site or if it's purchasing the next field, we're able to turn to Rabo as a trusted partner to help us get financing to make those generational decisions. With unmatched financial capacity, local relationship managers, and a global network of sector experts to offer market guidance, Rabo Agri Finance provides enterprising farmers with a personalized approach to lending and financial services. Growing a better world together. Robo Acre Finance. Welcome back, everyone, to the Farm CPA podcast presented by Top Producer. I am Paul Neef, your host, and we're going to rejoin our conversation with Jim Rothermick from Iowa appraisals. We we just got done going through sort of the land values and the trends and so on uh, on actual land values. Now let's talk a little bit about uh, cash rents because you've started to maintain a database and present that information. So what what are the trends that you're seeing in in cash rents, Jim? Right, sure, sure, Paul. Well, well, just to preface that, you know, I had numerous people call me um, last year. They had seen my auction results land auction result data and they were just asking me you know do you have anything like that for cat for rent and so i said no but let me see if i can find some and so i knew um, county farms in iowa the state prisons the airports um, would put their farm, the land that they own would put those up for, for bids, for auctions. And that is public information. So I started going out and finding that information. And, uh, and so that's some of my data. And then we've had a, uh, a kind of an uptick in cash rent auctions right now. 
I'm not saying it's it's taken over the market, but we're having more than we used to ever have. And one thing that I noticed when I started keeping track of it is the difference when those negotiations happened this year, the, the change ranged from 10% to 75% increase from you know this year's rent to the previous rent. And I just right. was just totally stunned by that. And as I retrieve those results, um, they, the, those, whoever had that auction was saying they had just people coming out of the woodwork trying to get bid on that farm and, and it far exceeded their expectations on, on what they were telling the landlord, um, uh, what, what, what they could get. And, you know, like, like one farm, for instance, um, it was in Clark County, Iowa, and had a 50 CSR2. So this is a lower quality farm. It went up for cash rent auction and it made it brought $475 an acre. Ooh. And and the 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 tenant could select from a three-year lease or a five-year lease. Well, he selected three-year lease. And so I would say that farm, if it was it didn't go to auction, I would say the rent would be around $200 an acre. I, I would agree with you on that. Now, are you seeing mostly three-year, five-year, one-year leases on, on these public auctions? What are what are you typically seeing? It ranges from one to three years. Um, I've got one five, a five-year lease, and let me tell you about that, Paul. This farm was in McLean County, Illinois. It was a uh, 99 acres. 139 productivity rating, five-year lease at $500 an acre. Mm. And the previous lease was uh, $235 an acre. Well, and you can't lock in good pricing on, on crops for the next five years. You can maybe lock in one or two years, but uh, it, that, that's a little bit of my concern is, you know, you have these farmers now, let's say it's a hundred acres and he's already farming 6,000 acres. And a lot of that's at lower and, and he owns a, a bunch of it. You know, that's not a big deal. You know, your contribution margin, at least for this year and maybe next year is still positive, but you know, what happens two years from now and corn's back to $4 a bushel potentially or three fifty. you know, that, that rent's not going to pencil out. I, I agree. And, and when I interview, whoever's having this auction, what, you know, I'm like, what, what is, what was their theory in, in bidding that high and, and going that long of a lease? And here's, here's what they're telling me that some of these operators have other leases that are, are below market. And when they do a average overall, they're still below market, even though they've got such a high um, rent on this one particular farm. And they're spreading those uh, those machinery costs over more acres. And then farming cycles, there's going to be down years and there's going to be good years. Well, at least on those good years, they've got that farm and those bad years. And they're using that dollar cost averaging to justify paying that much for that. Yeah, That's what as they're telling as, as long as over the next five years, those leases with below market uh, leases stay below market, you know, so right. th that's right. the problem. A lot of times those below markets suddenly become at market or above market. And then, then that farmer 
is not having an average low. He's got an average high. So we'll see. I mean, I'm uh, you know, I, I that's what I've seen, too. So it's just interesting um, what what farmers will uh, will pay for cash rent these days. Yeah, no, it's that that uh, I, I was surprised by the difference uh, between you know, previous rent and, and this year's rent, and especially with the high input costs. Um, yeah. I, I thought, I didn't realize it was going to be that much higher, but it's it's been very aggressive for this year. Yeah, I, although we're seeing a trend, you know, fertilizer, fertilizer prices seem to be coming down some, uh, you know, diesel prices had come down now, they're probably going back up with the Saudis doing what they did. Um, seed is up, uh, machinery, we know machinery cost is definitely up. So, uh, yeah, I, I think the chance of a farmer making as much money this year as they did in 22 and 21 is, is not a, a, I wouldn't be laying much money on those odds. Right, right. No, it's, it's this year's, the, the net farm income is not going to be like the past two years. I think they're going to have positive, but no, nothing like the past two years. So, and, and I don't think there's any ad hoc. Well, I guess there's still a little bit of a 22 ad hoc coming down the road, but right now there's no 23 ad hoc. But, you know, that seems like we've had ad hoc payments from the government since 2018 almost. So uh, uh, we'll see what happens. Right, right. And that 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 sure has helped. And if that, that goes away, that that's that that's game changing for sure. Yeah. Um, Jim, anything else that you want to add on on the podcast today? Um, just, uh, you know, I, I provide this cash rent data. I, it's, it's very important, um, for people that, that might be in the dark on, on where cash rent should be at. I, I've got this data and, and, uh, and to tell you the truth, um, I've had people contact me that said, you know, if this helps out people, I'll provide you my cash rent data <laughs> as long as you don't tie a name in with it. And I said, well, that, that I absolutely do that. And it's, um, it's market derived rent, um, and uh, please don't anybody send me any hate mail. I'm just providing <laughs> what was, <laughs> you know, the facts. That's all I'm doing. I'm reporting the facts. I'm I'm not for it. I'm not against it. I'm just for market providing the facts. That's all yeah. I'm for. So, yeah. um, but no, if if you're thinking of selling in the next year, I think you should take a look at this market and. Um, I hate to go out much past six months on predicting where it's going to be, especially with some of the world events going on with China and Russia and Ukraine. And, yeah. um, you know, there could be a black swan event that could change everything. And, and so, but right now it's, the market's very solid. Solid as rock. Matter of fact, uh, just one more thing before we go, Paul, last month in Iowa, we had over 14,000 acres go to auction. And that was a huge month for, for March. And uh, compared it to, to the marches of the previous six years, that, that was by far the highest. And the market absorbed those acres just, you know, fantastic. And yeah. uh, so so my point is the market's just, it's not as, as hot as it was, but it's very solid, very solid. Yeah. yeah. Everything that seems to come to market usually ends up selling maybe once in a while. There's a little reserve that... Uh, might not go through, but uh, it seems like everything I see is, is pretty much uh, selling, maybe not the peak, but it's close. Right, right, right. And there's nothing wrong with being below the peak. That, that's okay. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. hard to hit the peak, but being close to it's okay too. Yeah. 
Well, again, Jim, thank you very much for uh, your time today. This has been very informative and uh, maybe six months from now, uh, we'll have another conversation and see what's happened in the last six months. Hey, I like that, Paul. Thank you for having me. Okay. Again, this is the Farm CPA Podcast presented by Top Producer. I am Paul Nefer, your host, signing off. Uh-huh.